Democracy. 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 Für ein starkes Europa der Kulturen und Regionen, welches nicht European Democracy Lab Podcast from the Institute of European Democrats. I was also a member of parliament in the 80s and the 90s. And um, in 86, I started with one computer. We have 150 members of parliament and their staff. And I was one of the chosen few in the whole building. So the mem members and their staff to get access to a computer. It shows you how uh, quick the changes have been uh, since then. And that a lot of people didn't have any real connection with digital developments in their work. Gerrit Jan van Otelo is a member of the Dutch parliament and of the political party 50+, which is linked to the Jan Nagel 50+, foundation. The party defends the interests of pensioners. Although Mr. Van Otelo entered the party in 2016, his political career started a long time ago, in the 80s. Today, at the age of 71 and after a lifetime in politics, and just one year ahead of the end of his mandate as a member of parliament, there is still one key battle left, making sure digitalization will not tear our societies apart. There comes a division between people who have access to the latest digital devices and those who haven't. That's worrying, especially in times that are uh, so depending on good information about uh, all the developments. According to the Pew Research Center, it is estimated that approximately 5 billion people around the globe have a smartphone. This figure shows that digitalization is, in fact, already a reality. Crucially, governments seem to rely ever more on digital devices and the web to inform their citizens. But can they reach everyone? Mr. Van Ortelow cautions. You can't reach everybody by simply opening a website or uh, have a client space or anything like that. You need to have more effort to reach everybody and to let them take part in uh, all the activities in society. But the issue is not limited to communications. Take COVID-19 and the effects on school programs. For example, when they closed the schools and sent pupils home, it was for a lot of teachers very enlightening to see how many pupils didn't have access to the latest digital devices. The same is with developing COVID-19 apps, which would warn people that doesn't work on older devices. So you need really smartphones to take part in that kind of activity. In 2019, the Dutch Parliament established a temporary committee on digitalization. The committee released a final report in the spring of 2020. And Mr. Van Otelo describes what the situation looks like in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, we have calculated that about three and a half million on the 18 mil, uh, 70, 18 million inhabitants are not really equipped to get access to digital society. This podcast is a part of Europod, the first network of podcasts on Europe. Politics, economics, 
Culture? Search for Europod on your browser or directly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and all listening platforms. Europod. Europe at your ears. But which socio-economic categories are most at risk and can we view this primarily as a generational issue with the older generations on the one side and the digital natives on the other. No, no. It's also about people with lower incomes, people who have got the access to it or are in areas where there isn't so much connection to the internet, if it's in the air or by cable. So there's a lot of rural areas where there are similar problems and uh, it makes it wider gaps in society. In other words, we shouldn't approach this as an issue of class division either but also about those who have not the capability of understanding how the digital world works because they have mental handicaps or they're illiterate or otherwise don't have the skills needed to take part. Eventually, there is a wider problem linked to the transformation of our labour markets. In fact, already in 2018, the European Parliament issued a study and a literature review on the impact of artificial intelligence on the labour market. It concluded that there is an uneven distribution in the cost of digitalization because of the skills-biased nature of the technological change. The challenge for the future lies in addressing the rising inequality brought about by technological change and how to consolidate a just transition for specific segments of the labour force. Also to have a clear insight in what kind of jobs are disappearing because of this digital development. Especially in municipal level, there are a number of uh, civil servants who will disappear because a lot of the administration will be made easier by uh, the digital developments. So there are also a lot of people who need to look for other jobs than uh, in municipal government. European Democracy Lab podcast. Besides the study by the European Parliament that has already been mentioned, the digital dimension or digital impact on our societies has also been at the centre of recent European Commission reflections. For example, the word digital has been used 19 times by the President of the European Commissioner, Ursula von der Leyen, in her first State of the Union speech in 2020. Most importantly, she connected this topic with the potential results of the so-called Next Generation EU instrument, a facility to spur Europe's growth and recovery from COVID-19 crisis. This is Next Generation EU. This is shaping the world we want to live in. A world served by an economy that cuts emission, boosts competitiveness, reduces energy poverty, creates rewarding jobs and improves quality of life. A world where we use digital technologies to build, build a healthier, a greener society. But what is the EU already doing in order to use digital technologies to build a healthier, greener society? Well, the first instrument put forward by the European Commission, EU Digital Strategy, is to make the digital transformation work for people and businesses while helping to achieve its target of a climate-neutral Europe by 2050. Crucially, one of the eight key actions focuses on developing digital skills across Europe. 
Specific tools include the Digital Skills Agenda and the Digital Education Action Plan. The latter will run from 2021 until 2027, with calls for member states and stakeholders to work together to ensure a high-quality, inclusive and accessible digital education in Europe. Mr. Van Otelo says that education is key and should be at the forefront of any public action aimed at the digital drift. Educating people, and not only for one time for introducing, but also on a permanent scheme with the latest developments. But can the private sector play a role in these activities? Mr. Van Otelo does not seem to be 100% sure. Yeah, maybe that depends on whether from the public sector they can activate the private sector to do more for those who haven't got access to all the things that most of us doesn't consider as that new. What he believes is that we should not fall into cliches, but rather think about innovative ways of making sure educational activities are effective. For example, peer-to-peer learning. To let those older people, older generation who know well, to help the other people in this generation and help also the more illiterate people to cope with society uh, which is developing this way. The digital divide describes the gap between those who understand technology and those who do not. From the Netherlands to Italy and from Portugal to Romania, it is obvious that we're all experiencing the same issue. It's about time for us to sit together, as Europeans, around the table in order to find solutions at the European level. Because bridging the digital divide is a key issue for democracy and the citizens' involvement across our continent. The European Democracy Lab podcast is a series by the Institute of European Democrats, a think tank and political foundation financed by the European Parliament. You can find more about this podcast and learn about our activities on the website www.iedonline.eu.